season two, episode five, I believe. First episode of the year. It is of of great honor to begin this year out <laughs> with the one, the only, a dear friend, a dermite, uh, an amazing soul, a creative soul, a beautiful soul in person, <laughs> Tamola. Tamola, introduce yourself to the people. Amber, that was such a nice introduction. <laughs> I'm so grateful for you. Um, yes, my name is, I go by the proper name, the proper way to say my name is Damola, I can today, but Damola is also a way to pronounce it. But um, yeah, I'm a Nigerian American photographer, creator, just overall artist I'm based in Durham, North Carolina. I was raised here um, my entire life. So yes, I feel very strongly about claiming my Durham roots. Um, and yeah, so a lot of my work started about like six years ago, I want to say, when I was in college um, at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. And surprisingly enough, I was there to be a doctor. And then I strongly realized that I was not meant to be that. <laughs> so I spent a lot of the later years in college exploring the arts again, because um, when I was in Durham, as a teenager, I actually went to Durham School of the Arts. So there, I actually did a lot of performance art, um, theater and dance, um, but so art has always been like a, you know, a big part of my life. So when I got to college, I was like, let's open that door again. This time with photography, it was very casual, just like taking photos of my friends, documenting people in different ways, um, but not really expecting it to go anywhere. Um, it wasn't until I graduated that I received a scholarship to go abroad to Cape Town, South Africa um, for a, a project I created, a photojournalism project I created, basically wanting to just connect with other artists in the city, um, specifically Black artists, to see how you know their culture and history uh, reflects their own artistry, similar to how here in the States for a lot of Black uh, creatives, um, a lot of our culture influences how we show up as artists. So being there was really incredible. Um, very randomly though, I was able to connect with Adidas South Africa. And that's when I was able to do my first like editorial shoot um, where I was, I had to, you know, find my own like makeup artists. I had to find my own team essentially. And again, I'd only been there for like a few weeks. The whole trip was two months. Um, so that was a big um, kind of light bulb moment for me. It kind of made me realize that I could be a photographer. And from there, my world has changed so much over these last few years. I don't know how much I should go into like what I've been up to, but um, yeah, I've, I, I have so many affiliations right now and I've been I just, I can't even describe how grateful I, I am to be able to um, be in this world and show up in this way. I'm going to yes. stop. Here. I'm a rambler. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. That's perfect for podcasting. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to get all into the work that you've been up to because there's a lot, there's a lot to catch up on. Um, but I want to go back to the beginnings because like you're just such a super creative person and I it I could go on <laughs> I'm probably gonna like 
this whole episode is going to be me hyping you up because I just like aesthetically, visually, it's there. Like she's giving, she's in abundance. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to learn more about, and part of the reason why I wanted to invite you on today is I want to learn more about your background and like the beginnings and also you as a child, like Cause I find people who are creative in adulthood typically had like some sort of spark or initial um, moment in their childhood that led to them wanting to, even if it's doing it as a hobby, they still pursue it throughout their lifetime. So I'm just curious to know about growing up in Durham, even before school of the arts, was there anything that was a moment like that for you? That's interesting that you ask me that because I I need to remember as a kid, I think I've always been really like, I've been a daydreamer since I was Mm -hmm. a child. Like, um, I remember I used to like design clothes. Like I I loved doing that as a kid. I had a whole (laughs) book. Yeah. I was really into designing clothes. Um, I wanted to be an inventor at one point. Um, just like thinking about like new ideas, like I think I've always been that kid that's kind of not been completely grounded on this earth, like kind of just in the clouds all the time. Yeah. And um, you're in Aquarius, I should just say. Yes. That is so important. Yes. Let's, let's say yeah. it. Yeah. Cause I've been, a, I've been a little weird, you know, my entire life. Um, and I'm okay with that now I've grown into it. Um, yeah. So I think I was always that kid. My parents were always, I was forgetting things all the time. I've, I've never really been the most like, you know, straight edge, like stuck to the book. I've always kind of been kind of all over the place. So I think mainly that kind of comes to mind in terms of um, creativity, but photography, no. I mean, I did my, I think my dad gave me a digital camera when I was like 12 and I would take a lot of self portraits actually (laughs) on that. Um, But again, I wasn't, no one told me that that was like a a valid way to, you know, show my creativity. I think I found other ways. And especially again, like going back to art school, performance art was always my thing. Um, I wouldn't say I was great at it, but (laughs) I really enjoyed this idea of movement, uh, like exploring movement and exploring um, storytelling through those avenues. That's so cool. And um like to do theater like what (laughs) what sparked that and also too like were you shy because I I actually wanted to do theater in like middle school but I like had such big stage fright so like I ended up working on like backstage crew for play once and that was that and my mom really was like you should be like you should try out for a part but I was like nah I can't do that I can't people looking at me (laughs) you know what's really funny okay so I was definitely a shy kid also I literally well to be fair when I was a bit younger I was in like my church choir for like two years and I did chorus in elementary school but um when it came to theater I think that was more of a girl, you need to figure out what your pathway is. Like you were oh. had to pick like something to do and nothing else. Like I tried guitar for a second. I'm one of those people oh. that tries a lot of things. That's great. But at the same time, I don't stick to them. It annoyed my parents so much. Like, <laughs> I know they put so much money into so many different like hobbies at that point. 
and they were like, girl, can you pick something? And I was like, fine. <laughs> I got you with the theater. Like I'll, I'll be a theater kid. We did a lot of comedy. Um, uh, so it was always very anxiety inducing though. I will admit like I, when it comes to public speaking, I was like, man, I'm doing this for a grade. <laughs> like let's just yeah, get yeah. over with. Yeah. I, I would say actually dance was more of the, of the performance art that I enjoyed more. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I've always been like a movement type of girl. Um, just, yeah, this idea of silently being able to explore certain themes and like letting people kind of interpret it that way was really fun for me. Like that kind of back and forth between the audience and the the performer was really cool. Yeah. I, I admire dancers so much. Like sometimes I'll like my Instagram feed, um, or the discover page, like will sometimes just be like random dancers and it's just so cool. And I want to be like, maybe late in life, I'll take like a dance class. One day wow, wait, Might as well yeah. do it now. Yeah. <laughs> Cause dance is one of those things where it's like, if you didn't grow up, I don't know. It's like a lot of the girls who are dancing have been dancing since they were like three. So <laughs> no, I don't know if I believe that. I feel like there are some people, I think movement is innate. And I think movement yeah. is very cultural as mm-hmm. well. I've noticed that people like, because I watched my parents dance as a kid, like in just like casual settings, like parties mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I feel like that made me want to do dance like versus yeah. being like I could dance. I was like, no, I see people express themselves and it, it, I don't know. I feel like everyone can dance to a certain degree, whether or not you're good at it is like a whole different. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's so like, I mean, I I'll dance at the club, you know, (laughs) that's it. And that's, that's freeing. And I especially think that like to take a dance class, like a formal dance class would be so much fun. So I need to look into that. That's like a 2023 goal, maybe. (laughs) um so yeah let's go to fast forward a little bit and get to Chapel Hill and you explore photography then and what made you want to pick up a camera honestly one of my my old roommate um had a camera and she would ask me to like take pictures for her for her blog like she had avenues that she was exploring that required pictures and when I picked up the camera, I was like, you know, I'm not half bad at this. Like I, obviously when you're self-taught, it's a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of like, when it came to figuring out settings, when it came to figuring out composition, like all these little things, I became obsessed with like researching and it became obsessed about watching others do it. It wasn't until I actually discovered some other specifically Nigerian photographers, one that comes to mind is Yagaze Amezi. She's an amazing photojournalist. Um, And she also does a lot of work around um, self-reflection as well. So when I came across her work, I was like, oh, this would be really cool for me to integrate into my life, documenting other people, um, but also specifically documenting myself during this time, because I was going through this huge transformation like when it came to figuring out next steps in my life um so yeah it was a combination of just like kind of falling into it by accident but also being intentional once I tumblr was a huge platform for me at the time (laughs) I feel like it wasn't it it, 
I saw so many photographers using that platform and I was like, oh, I want to do this. I want to kind of explore this more. So yeah, I think that was a big part of why I was picking it up as well. And how old are you again? I am turning 27 next month. Wow. I know. I'm so excited. This is Aquarius age. (laughs) Yeah. I'm ready for the age of Aquarius. I'm one of those people who's like, Capricorns, I'm so sorry, but. Yeah. Oh, girl, you and me both. (laughs) Yeah. My mom is a Capricorn too. So, and my grandma. So I love the Capricorns in my life, but Capricorn season always beats my ass. It's a little rough. It's a little rough. I'm a Capricorn rising, so I should yeah. have a little more ease, but no, I'm I'm all for the age of Aquarius. I feel so much more innovative, so much mm-hmm. more creative, just like explorative. Like I always feel so good during like like after the the first part of January. I'm like, oh, it's yes. Oh, I know this is a lot of a transition again. I don't want to do this. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. I, um, one of the things I've been trying to do for the podcast is cause I love m- my friends. I love like watching my friends during their birthday season. So I've been trying to like align interviews with people's birthdays. Oh, cause I just feel like everybody's in their bag when it's like their season. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I had to have you on immediately. So <laughs> um, great now. <laughs> but um I I ask that because yeah I one of the things I've been thinking a lot about is you know us as millennials just of course I mean I feel like everybody's talking about this every day but just like social media changing and technology changing and we've experienced so much like changes within our lifetime so far and like having to catch up on things. And I feel like you are a friend of mine out of many who have kind of like found their path, like built their own path on social media, you know? And that's like hard work. It's hard to do. And I, it's, but it's also great that we are of a generation where we can take in our own hands, like our path in terms of like getting our work out and kind of being like, self-promotional and not having to rely on institutions and um I don't know other uh like hire up people to do that for us or even pay for that to be done so I just feel like you you are a person who in my life who I just know has done that so well (laughs) and like (laughs) I, I want to, I don't know exactly how to form a question around this, but, or maybe I can just ask, like, how did you, once you got into photography and felt confident in your work, how did you begin like putting yourself out there and putting your work out there and get to where you are? <laughs> That's yeah. I, I'm still trying to figure out how this happened. <laughs> Um, I'm, I will be honest and say that in terms of how I've built like my social media platform, honestly, a lot of that happened during, um, right after George Floyd's death, like Mm -hmm. there's this whole, you know, follow black creatives, like this idea of a lot of folks like pushing people towards like following artists that are black to support Mm -hmm. us, which I will admit there is this weird, you know, feeling around that being mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm growing my visibility because 
of the death of a black man. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really hard for me to grapple with at the time because I, it just felt very like how many of this was, how many of these people are genuinely following me for my work or are they following me out of like guilt or out of like right. obligation? Mm-hmm. So I will say like that has been like something that I, I had to kind of navigate, but also feeling really grateful because um, like you were saying, there are a lot of institutions that, or it's it's really hard to navigate institutions. Again, as a self-taught photographer mm-hmm. in school, I haven't um, been part of any, to, to a certain degree, I wasn't a part of any groups that had that power. But luckily, another thing that came out of social media was connecting me with a bunch of groups, specifically led by Black women, that mm-hmm. gave me platforms to get my work in different places, um, I really want to talk a lot about like the beautiful project, um, which is based in Durham. They um, are a group of black women and girls and non uh, gender conforming people that um, really want to highlight the experiences of black womanhood, black girlhood. Um, and they actually were in the Met a couple years ago. They had an exhibit and one of the pieces that I, uh, I, actually was able to connect with this young girl, Avery, she and her twin were doing a photo series. So she photographed me and it ended up being in the Met. So that's one example. There's of course, black women photographers who, if it wasn't for Polly and her work, I wouldn't have been a freelancer at the New York Times currently and had three stories placed in there. I'm still, it still hasn't, I haven't wrapped my head around that. I'm like, these are things that I would have never thought could be a possibility when I was like 17, 18. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also part of Diversify Photo. Like they helped me get a lot of uh, projects that way as well, or a lot of placements. Um, there are just a lot of groups that are prioritizing, highlighting black women photographers, which I think is important because we are definitely a minority in the field in terms of representation. Um, So I would say social media has definitely opened that door up for me. And I think the biggest hurdle I had to face was just posting my work. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I'm definitely one of those people that are like, is this even good enough to to share? Like, will anyone really resonate with this? And anytime someone tells me my work is good, I'm still like, Mm. that like there's a lot of imposter syndrome going on for me still and I, I don't know if that ever goes away but I think I saw something recently where people were like people that are imposters don't actually have imposter syndrome mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like say that I want to I want to <laughs> cite that person I'm going to find that person who said that because I think that is Ooh. such a huge that is so true Absolutely. <laughs> the people that are literally frauds mm-hmm. are not thinking they're fraudulent. Like exactly. <laughs> it's always the people who do the work and are doing it well that are always like, do I deserve to be in this space? Like right. we're always questioning whether we belong. And usually it's not because of our own inability to do anything, it's because of like the powers to be that have mm-hmm. determined what is good and what is not. So that is something I'm working on still to this day, despite, you know, I could go on about the things I've accomplished so far and I will still be like, "Mm, I don't know if they're going to like this. (laughs) So yeah, I I would say like 
I, I'm, I'm sure I want to, I'm not even at the, your question anymore. I feel like I've kind of. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, that, that was it. Like posting your work and putting yourself out there. And also, um, you know, believing in yourself in order to be a part of those groups, right? Like you had to, in order to like take that step to reach out and say like, oh, I'm interested in this. You have to also like invest that in yourself and know, like believe in yourself to put yourself out there. And that's huge, you know? And I feel like so many people struggle with that, but especially black women. Cause like you're saying, like the powers that be have led us to just default into imposter syndrome in so many spaces where we really deserve to be. And it's just so beautiful to see like what has come out of you believing in yourself and putting yourself out there, putting your work out there. And yes, I'm just so here for it. I feel like I also need to point out that you are one of the people that get to this place. That would be, it'd be very I would be doing this a disservice if I didn't point out the fact that you also were a huge part of my um, first solo show, like you being able to be there to help me with materials and stuff like that. You, the art literally would not have existed (laughs) if you didn't help me out. So like, again, I I really want to make it clear to people that like, I didn't show, I'm not here because of not just my own talent, but literally because there were other people who believed in me and other people who said like, no girl, we're going to help you out. We're going to make sure that whatever you need to be like, even the show itself, there are other black women that, um, literally helped me curate that show and make that Mm -hmm. show happen. So I, I want to be clear that I, it literally takes a village. Like I would not be (laughs) the artist (laughs) I am today if it wasn't for these groups, if it wasn't for just friends that um, Mm -hmm. help me feel good about what I'm doing and tell me that my path is right. Cause it's hard. Yeah. Don't know when you don't have a book to tell you what to do. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Thank you for that. And I I was so happy to be a part of that. And actually that's something I did want to touch on because I just loved that moment so much. Your first solo show and being there at the opening reception was amazing. And I really, really, really loved seeing your mom there. And like, just, I felt the love in the room for you, you know, and it was just such a special moment. So I would love for you to share a little bit more about how that came to be and your feelings about it. And what did it do for you after? Right. Yeah, I guess for context. So the show was based around a photo project called A Space in This Body. Essentially, I talked to Black women and brown women as well about uh, their safe spaces. Um, So I basically asked them to tell me where to show up. And that was usually their safe space. And I documented them there, they also provided some like context and words around what that space meant for them. And because of that, it's it's great to hear that you felt like the love in the room. So I, I, I wanna, I want my work to kind of lead to that idea of safe spaces or safer spaces. And also just like community and like finding ways to connect with other people that have similar experiences to you. So, yeah, that was a that was a intense day. I didn't know so many people would show up to begin with. Like, I don't know why that's such a weird thing to think about, but there are so many people from the community that showed up and it just 
made me feel really proud about um, the folks I've connected with over the years. It made me feel really passionate about continuing this work um, and growing in this as well. Um, yeah, and it made me feel good, especially as a child of immigrants as well, mm -hmm. because I'm always in this place of like, did I choose the right path considering my parents literally sacrificed everything to come here? <laughs> like yeah. I, again, I was, I said I was going to be a doctor and my parents mm -hmm. always thought I was going to be a doctor. So when I switched up on them, they really were nervous. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think they were nervous because they didn't think I can do it. I think they were nervous because of stability, because of right. things they were hoping for. I'm sure you relate. Like yes. <laughs> <laughs> all these things that they're hoping for as your child. Yeah. And and I think the one thing I had to uh, realize is that, no, they gave me the life to have choice. Like they gave me this life mm -hmm. to be able to do things that they may not have had the capacity to do because of certain decisions they had to make in order to survive. Mm -hmm. So like, for me, it's more like I should, whatever I'm doing should be done in a space of um, choice and in a space of passion and um not because I feel obligation to do it mm -hmm. because like my parents you know their love is like greater than like I guess their worry <laughs> in terms of, like potential like what should happen for me in my life I just had to like think about that because they they were stressed for a it wasn't until maybe like last year or the year before where they're like girl <laughs> <laughs> like you're, you're kind of making this work. And I'm like, oh, I told you I would. <laughs> I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I, I need to do like a whole separate episode on that of like having immigrant parents or a parent, immigrant parent in my case, just one, but still like, yeah, there's so much guilt involved in like how you live your life forever <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm gonna be honest that guilt I don't know if it'll go away yeah <laughs> I think I've kind of accepted that it's kind of just there it kind of hovers around you constantly yeah yeah I remember being 18 and I wanted to go to like the art institute of San Francisco and I'm telling my dad and just being like you're not in the art institute like who has art institute money like that's not working. I'm not contributing to that. Sorry. <laughs> it's true though. It's just like because yeah, and it's not because they don't think we can do it. It's just like yeah. it's the realism is real. Like that is yeah. a part of life. Mm -hmm. Like, what is the easiest way to get you stability? Like exactly. Yeah. 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 The calling calls you, you got to answer. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, and it was so beautiful. Cause I remember you calling your mom up to like, thank her. And I think she was crying and then I was crying. because <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, this is so sweet. But uh, yeah, it was, it was just a beautiful moment and day and the work was stunning. And I was so happy to be there. And I really like what you shared about, like, that's what you want your work to convey is a sense of like community. And one of the things that Kofi and I talk about a lot on the podcast is just, we're always tying place back into everything we talk about. Um, that's like the one common theme. So I wonder how, you know, your 
cultural background and also growing up in the South has like influenced your work because having for the past couple of years lived in areas that are not the South I feel like what Durham has to offer artists and especially Black artists is so rare and hard to come by in a lot of other places like for real (laughs) I can attest to that so how do you think the um, place has showed up in your work? Yeah. So I guess maybe speaking specifically about Durham, because I feel very strongly about this because I've had a lot of conversations about this idea of moving to mm. be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am being stubborn and I'm like, I don't know if I necessarily believe I need to do that. And yeah. I think there are other artists currently that also are in a similar space exclusively mm-hmm. from Durham that are like, no, like Durham in itself is an art hub. I think people Mm -hmm. like to downplay that, but I, when I think about um, like Andre Leon Talley, for example, like I saw him when he came to Hillside and I was like, see, there are people that, so many artists that come from the South and specifically come from like the, from North Carolina. And Mm -hmm. I feel strongly about um, creating work in Durham because of that. Um, I really want to claim my stake as a Southern artist. Um, and again, the community aspect is really important to me. Like you said, like, I think there is a a certain community here that I think it would be really hard for me to find elsewhere that, um, wants there's a sense of there's not a sense of competition in my mind right what I've noticed right um it's definitely this idea of like you know as you climb bringing other people up with you Mm -hmm. um so I never feel a sense of like we're all trying to like you know fight for the same resources or like we're all trying to like you know it's a dog eat dog situation it's never that in every situation I've been in people are always like Hey, there's a resource right there. Mm -hmm. I think that would be good for you. Like you should go for that. Like there's, if anything, it's like, there's more appreciation of the fact that we are black artists in the city Mm -hmm. that people will do anything to like, make sure you succeed. So that has definitely been my experience here. And because of that, that's why I feel so strongly about at least like setting my roots here. If I travel for work that's perfectly fine Mm -hmm. um if people ask me to come to do things elsewhere that's like totally fine but at the end of the day I'm influenced so much by the people here by the history here um and I also want to be able to say like I remember what it was like like 10-15 years ago like I want to be able to talk about what it used to be like because it's very different now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm always yeah. complaining. I am that person who's like, <laughs> used to be by place, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm the person who's yelling about when things like get knocked down because it's it's really unfortunate that the climate of the city is changing. But mm-hmm. I feel like if enough of us do stay here, the heart of Durham, I'm hoping, I, I'm hoping I can contribute to like the heart of and soul of Durham, how it used yeah. to be. So- <laughs> I'm very strongly about that. That makes me so happy to hear. I love hearing people stay, especially Black people. (laughs) I love hearing that Black people are staying in Durham. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. And I I think too, I mean, this ties back into what I was saying earlier about being in this generation and 
I mean, there's really not a necessity to move either. Like for, I mean, you've been doing so much work. Like <laughs> she's been booked and busy. Yes, I'm tired. Look, <laughs> but yeah, that's exactly it. There, because of social media, the access is, has grown so much. Um, mm-hmm. I'm getting like directly you know, contacted for things. Obviously it may be a little bit quicker if I was in a major city, I'm sure people would be like, oh, so we have to fly you out here. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry, I live here. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't live in New York yeah. or I don't live in like LA, right. but I, I, I don't mind that. I'm very much in the mindset of like where I'm meant to be is where I'm meant to be. If mm-hmm. it's gonna take time for me to get more recognition. Also, I'm not really... I don't know if I want to be famous. I'm just going to put that out there. I don't know if that's really my wheelhouse, but outside of that, when it comes to opportunity, I'm like, if it comes slowly, if they come over time, that's okay. Because I, the work will be done either way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just feel strongly about like making those connections here and creating literally here, like physically finding spaces, like studios, finding, you know, places to kind of document that are Durham based. Like I want, when you see my work, I want people to be like, oh yeah, I can notice that's like in Durham. Like I can Mm -hmm. notice that she's creating in like spaces that she's familiar with in Durham as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's really huge for me. (laughs) I love that. And who would you say like some of your inspirations are um both like photographers or just in general general Carrie Mae Weems is a Mm. huge inspiration for me again with self-portraiture she was the one that taught me that I could be in my work and not feel I think for the longest time I felt it was a vanity to be in my own work but Mm. learning about her work with the kitchen table series specifically and how she kind of created a character in that series was really big for me. Cause I was like, okay, I can put myself in my work knowing that it's influenced obviously by me as a person, but when other people witness it or see it, they can project whatever they want onto it or take whatever they want from it without me feeling like it's me physically there. If that makes sense, you know, like it's, I I've separated the subject from the photographer at this point, um, even though I'm both in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, but that has been helpful in creating is this idea of like the character, the muse, like putting myself in that space and being able to separate me as a photographer as well from that. So she's definitely a huge inspiration. I, I can't not say Kennedy Carter. Yeah. Hello. Like Durham, like yes. Say like she's also great. Um, a huge inspiration in her work. The way that she is so delicate, but still so striking. And um, when you see her work, you can't look away. Like I talk about her work all the time. Um, another, I will say, most of these people are like peers of mine. Um, Faith Couch. I don't know if you're familiar with her work as well. Um, very similar in the way that she just the the commentary she makes about body and relationships blackness has been um, really awesome to witness and then of course having conversations with her about her work has been amazing Um, and it makes me feel really inspired to create more as a photographer Um, 
Ashley Johnson, another, she's uh, Winston-Salem based. Uh, she's incredible. Just, there's so many, there, this is the thing. There's so many of us out here. I can't even like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so many, and again, so many North Carolinians. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so those are just a few I could go on, but um, they definitely inspire me again, because portraiture has been like something I've been always drawn to and they just do it in a such unique way that's obviously reflective of their own experiences and um, their own, they put their own style to it. You can tell like whenever you see their work, you know, it's them. And that's always been like my favorite thing is being able to like recognize an artist's work, like their signature. Right. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a few, I'll stop there, but there's many, many, many that I I'm constantly inspired by. I love that. And shout out to you for just like embodying what we were talking about, about like Southern community. Cause like you just, you know, naming them as your inspirations, your peers, like that's just, that's what it is there. Like y'all just love each other. And like, I love it. <laughs> always, like we always like look out, like help each other out. Like there's like even recently me and Faith, like just like documented each other one day. We were like, let's just go to a studio and like take pictures of each other. Wow. Like just like different moments that um, I definitely don't take for granted because um, they just, you know, have shown me so much about what's possible. Um, and yeah, let me not, I'm, I'm especially cheesy today. Like, I feel like I've been so like <laughs> gushy, um, which is, I think I just needed the, the platform to express yes. my care, <laughs> my like affection for all the people in my life that have just been so supportive. And again, I would not be here without a lot of people, including you. So oh, thank you so much. <laughs> um, I was so I kind of want to give you a moment to like flex a little bit. Like, let's get into it. Let's, <laughs> I mean, you mentioned the Met and yeah, like the New York Times. Like, let's really get into it. What have you been doing? Like, list it all. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So recently, freelancer with the New York Times, um, I had I did one story um, that related to Serena Williams. Um, I was able to document a woman that lives in Durham actually, and she talked specifically. I, her name escapes me. I think her name Re, Miss Reba Higgs, I believe. Um, she was an avid fan of Serena and was talking about how, you know, back in the day when Serena was first on the scene, how influential it was to see like a black woman like fully in her blackness. Um, taking up space in a white man, white people do dominated sport. So um, that was a really cool story. But in each of these cases, I just love the fact that I could just talk to someone that obviously felt comfortable having me document them as another mm -hmm. black woman. I know that's really important. So I'm always grateful to be in spaces where people feel comfortable enough to like even though the photograph is the important part of the story, for me, it's also like conversing with them and asking them questions about their lives to give them the space to be comfortable and to show up fully as themselves. Cause that translates on photos. Like it, you can tell when someone's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So it's a really big, um, a really big part of my practice is to have those conversations with people 
um, as we're, you know, doing the shoot. Um, outside of the New York Times, I was actually had a portrait in the North Carolina Museum of Art. Um, that was part of the Beautiful Projects exhibit. Um, and again, that was a huge experience. Like when I walk, like I've gone to that museum my entire life. Like that is obviously such a huge um, art institution. And often, again, there are not a lot of uh, people that look like me in those spaces. Mm -hmm. So for me to photograph myself, have agency and control over how I wanted to portray myself and also be alongside other black women in that space who were filmmakers, who are photographers, who are writers, to take up a huge space like that physically, I did something to my soul. <laughs> and I'm sure you understand what that means, you know, as a curator as well. Um, also, shout out to Maya. She was the curator for that show as well. Um, again, another Black woman. Like, just yeah. thinking about all the little touch points where Black women were involved in that. Um, that was a huge, that was from like October of 2020 one to like February of 2022. So it was like a huge stint. And I would get so many like DMs or like people telling me that they went and saw the exhibit. Mm -hmm. um, I had friends and family obviously go and see the exhibit. Again, it's always strange where like people in your life can like see you in this different light in this like different space and be like, I know that person. <laughs> it's like, yeah. that was a really surreal moment for me. Um, also, I guess people don't know this, but I also do a lot of beauty stuff as well. I that was going to be one of my questions towards the end <laughs> of skincare because I'm like, oh my god, your skin is always flawless. Drop Ooh. the routine. <laughs> oh, it's genetics. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like most of it is genetics, but yeah. So Bless. even even with beauty, like, so I I take up the space also as a like, on social media as a I don't use the term influencer others might, but I don't know if I feel that way. Mm. I would say like overall just content creator, but I worked with like pattern beauty, um, say beauty. Um, it's a long list that I can't remember right now, but, um, just like all these companies and brands that I didn't think I had access to, <laughs> but like, luck, like just me, like creating just led to these opportunities. Um, it's all so surreal. I just can't say that enough that <laughs> I just like, if you literally told 17 year old me, 15 year old me, the, these things, I would not believe it because for the longest time I was told that like, that's not my place. Like I, mm -hmm. I feel like that space has really also gotten a lot better. There's still, there's, there's still improvement to be had <laughs> about representation in that space. It's definitely like grown a lot. And for me to be part of that growth is really incredible. Um, cause I've had people tell me like, girl, I've, I've followed you since like 2018. Like mm -hmm. look at you now. And I'm like, you really been following me that long. That's <laughs> So yeah, that's, well, that's been another cool part of my life that I've been exploring. I just, yeah. And Let's talk about that a little bit more too. Cause I want to, again, I'm like forming questions as we go. Cause I'm never preparing, but like, <laughs> what, 
what's coming up for me is like I'm thinking about self-portraiture and you know I I think that that requires getting to know yourself in a different way um and especially like you said I mean you were taking photos of yourself at 12 years old and just like that's a that's a long time to be I mean I know it wasn't like throughout all of those years but still like just the portraiture like your history with portraiture and then also being involved in beauty as like a part of your work and I'm just I don't know I again I'm trying to make a question but I think there's a connection of like what what have those worlds like both photography and doing self-portraiture and then you know TikToks and and beauty tutorials like how has that formed your self-image and like what have you learned from being in relationship with yourself in that way? Yeah, that's a great question. It's been very strange to um, literally go through my youth, like not even youth, but like young adulthood while seeing, like, I'll be honest, I, people have sent me Pinterests of my face um, that they have come across. We're like, there have been viral tweets that I didn't even post of me. Wow. Um, and like, I famous. <laughs> the visibility <laughs> is strange. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the Scorpio moon in me. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, without a doubt. There's, there's a bit of like <laughs> privacy and secrecy to me. Yeah. So, like, And on one hand, I appreciate that I have been able to grow in this space and learn about myself through these different avenues. But at the same time, it's like, I kind of wish I did have moments to kind of navigate that privately. Mm. Um, But again, I I think there's a reason why I was meant to do it this way, because Mm. um, I would say like when I was a young child, like I was definitely in spaces where I was like the only black kid. Mm-hmm. Um, or if not the only black kid, definitely the only black girl. Yeah. Um, and of course, like having kinkier hair, like I didn't go natural until I was like 17 or 18. Um, and that was a huge decision for me at the time too. But because I had gone natural during like when it was first becoming like the natural movement, like that concept mm-hmm. was becoming a thing. Um, it was a lot of like self-learning about what my hair does and how I take care of it. YouTube was a huge like resource. And at one point people were telling me and my other friend, like we should start a YouTube and like talk about our experiences as like darker skinned women mm-hmm. um, with hair and stuff like that. So um, I think, and I, I think I was documenting myself like fumble in real time, <laughs> which can be a lot. Um, but I think I'm grateful for that because I don't think I would have as much like self-confidence as I do now if it wasn't for the fact that I was like, girl, do you not remember how you were, how you were like <laughs> years ago, girl? Like it was rough back then. Like being able to see myself in real time, like blossom and like, kind of, like be this actual woman. Like, I think this is the first time I would say now that I'm about to turn 27, I feel like a like a full fledged woman, like adult mm-hmm. and like decisions and not feel bad about it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I would say that it's been interesting to have people tell me that they look up to me or that they like see me 
as representation, part of me is like, that's a really heavy <laughs> to hold, man. I don't know. I just feel like that's a lot, but yeah. I, I, I think it's important because I also have like younger siblings, like, um, they're like 13 and nine. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. 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 So I have two sisters, 13 and nine, and they're growing up in a very different world than we did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm grateful that I can be that person to be like, here's what I experienced. Here's how I dealt with like identity and like self-expression and have them be a resource or have me be a resource for them. Mm-hmm. And if there are other people like that, that feel that way, that's great. Um, I just, I want to maintain my humanity just a little bit because I think it's very easy to, right. for people to project onto you. And I think that's why I cut my hair last year. <laughs> really? Yeah. I think that was a big part of it. It was a control thing. I, I felt like I was always getting questions about, Hey, can you do this tutorial or Hey, can you like do X, Y, and Z? There was a lot of like, people felt ownership over my hair because mm. I saw it all the time and I was so willing to like share about it. Yeah. When I was like, I'm going to just get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. And how so, did you feel after? It was definitely a relief. Yeah. I felt really good about it. I did miss my hair though. I'm not going to yeah. lie. I, I'm sure you saw all my posts. Yeah. <laughs> Look at how glorious Cause she, my hair is still an extension of myself. I feel like yeah. a huge part of my identity lives in my hair. Mm-hmm. Um, not just because of societal pressures and everything, but literally because like, it's an extent, like, I feel like I take up space physically with my hair. And I love that. Like, I love mm-hmm. that when I walk in a room, like my hair, obviously you see my hair first. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I think that it's just a lot of, a lot of mixed feelings around <laughs> growing up, documenting myself, but not just that, but sharing myself on the internet that has been a whole different level of like exploration that I didn't really I didn't I don't think I was ready for that I didn't I don't know if uh no one told me what would come with that (laughs) yeah absolutely I can I can kind of relate a tiny bit I mean not on the same scale at all but with the podcast I mean I definitely feel like I am stumbling through (laughs) (laughs) and then I have so much Scorpio in my chart I think I have like six planets in the Scorpio yeah (laughs) I mean it's good but also a little scary it is (laughs) and I relate so much I mean I'm in this constant battle of like because I'm a Libra sun so I'm like oh my god I want people to like notice me but then I'm like please don't perceive me don't perceive me that is it the perception is like just look at ah. me but don't say anything right don't tell me what you're feeling right now about me don't need to know it thank you I'm the same way you get it the Scorpio yeah. Scorpio it's a hard it's a heavy it's a heavy sign to bear honestly yeah it really is it really is and and yeah I mean I just feel I think so many people on social media especially like of our generation feel that way um having had you know such a long history already with social media I think um I'm coming up this is like my 11th year of having Instagram which is crazy Um, like it's (laughs) it's insane and I definitely feel personally like my relationship to it changing and like 
I don't want to share as much as I once was. And that goes back to the whole like don't perceive me thing and also like mental health stuff. So yeah, it's just, it's a lot. But then, you know, um, I I was so vehemently against getting a TikTok for the longest time and I recently made one. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's it's tricky and I'm sure you can relate, like, but it it's we have this obligation to, to social media in order to like get our work out there. So one of the reasons I made a TikTok is because I want to start like making TikToks about the podcast to promote it more and stuff like that. So it's just like yeah intertwined with um sharing your work that you like you have to share yourself and that's really challenging and can be exhausting as you were saying I'm curious I know I'm not technically interviewing you but I'm curious (laughs) how do you feel about this idea of artists having a social media platform I know traditionally obviously that's not been an issue or hasn't been thought of I've heard a lot of different back and forth about whether or not it's you're less professional if you are prominent on social media. Like, yeah, that's been my like, I, I'm kind of a, I don't care because like, yeah, you're a new generation of artists, but I know the mm-hmm. old, you know, generation may feel otherwise. Right. Yeah. I, don't care at all. I think it's great that I love following some of my favorite artists on social media. Um, and I, I feel that way about, uh, like journalism and writing and being a writer. Like when I had a couple of pieces published, like I made my Twitter private because I, I don't know, like I, for me personally, it gets tricky. Um, and I, I hate professionalism so much. But at the same time, I don't want people from my job following me. <laughs> this is again where it's like, I don't think it's a bad thing. I personally know for myself, I need boundaries because there's like certain worlds that I don't want to mix. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but that's, but it's different for me because I'm not like, I don't consider myself an artist. So, but if I was, I, I feel like, yeah, I would be comfortable with people knowing about my life because my life influences my work, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it gets tricky. But then again, it's, um, I, yeah, just maintaining that distance and those boundaries, I think, are important. Because then the thing is, is like, I forgot who I was having a conversation with about this the other day. But people act like they know you. I'm sure you get this too, you know? <laughs> like, just because you saw some shit on my story does not mean you know me if you don't know me know me you don't know me yeah. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> how I feel I feel like people get so comfortable yeah, yeah. The way we talk to you and I'm like <laughs> I'm telling you I mean I have to admit like I even though we don't like to think of it as curation but I'm I'm very mm-hmm. I mean, those boundaries it is a curation right, right. Things I will never like highlight on my public platform because it one it's not relevant to like the work that I'm doing mm-hmm. or relevant to like how I want to be portrayed in this like way right also to protect like privacy of other people like mm-hmm. there's just like so many levels safety yeah. there's yeah. so many levels of like it is curation ultimately social media is I don't I know people would like to think about authenticity as like this big thing we need to maintain. Mm-hmm. I think that is the only way to be authentic is to have those boundaries 
where you can share things in a safe and constructed manner that makes sense for the situation at hand. Mm-hmm. That doesn't stop people though. I'm not gonna lie. That has yeah. <laughs> I'm always like, let's try that again. I don't know you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, that's another thing too. Like, I mean, I think all of this is so layered and, and a part of it too, is being a black woman and, you know, a lot of what you do requires so much vulnerability on your part. And even just like sharing yourself, like as you're changing and evolving, you know, and how, how have you protected yourself and your mental well-being and being so vulnerable and transparent? Um, have I done a good job of that? (laughs) That's the question. Like, I think, um, when having a therapist is great. Yeah. Therapy is definitely helpful for that as well. Um, yeah, I, I think like you, I've similarly have a new relationship with social, social media. I definitely have drawn within like, I think I've drawn back a bit for that same reason, just for mm-hmm. mental health. Again, summer of 2020. Yeah. I, I, I definitely had to pick my battles with that. Yeah. Um, conversations that were being had. And it was a hot ass mess. <laughs> summer of 2020. <laughs> I can't even put into words how bad I felt that year. Yeah. So like that. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to quickly add as well, like you were talking about not knowing people's intentions and how you're following like increased during that time, you know, and I just feel like um, for me, so, so many people were coming at me with like the poorest intentions and the least care. And it's just like to you know, like you're a black person. What do you think about this? <laughs> what do you have to say about this? <laughs> exactly. exactly what happened. There have been so many, there were so many instances that year as a creative where people were asking a lot of, especially black photographers to show up in certain ways mm. that were just very like out of left field. Like, ah. um, there are ways where institutions were taking advantage of like, not me specifically, but I saw other black photographers where their, their work was being misused or like Mm -hmm. kind of taken advantage of. I was, it was just a hard time. Yeah. Black. Cause people just wanted us to show up. We we were already mourning in that space Mm -hmm. and they still wanted us on top of that to show up in the art world or in the, you know, just in general to serve other people still. And I was like, yeah, I don't feel like doing that anymore, actually. Sorry. <laughs> At one point I did have to make a message and be like, I'm not, I'm not engaging. Mm-hmm. Not it. Like, Y'all need a backup. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, not it. Sorry. Yeah. Don't yeah. have for you. Exactly. So I think that's the way I, I had to, that kind of led me to the space I am right now where I'm just very intentional about what mm. I, and what I talk about and what I, express I kind of use that platform more as like a public Pinterest in a way where I just like engaging in like good good art and like mm-hmm. of course sharing my work but and in and, and you know talking and conversing with other artists as well but 
yeah, I've been trying to find a balance where I'm not going crazy. Yeah, because these social media platforms will do it to you. you Yeah, if you don't give yourself the space. Um, And I, in closing, so we talked about your past, the present, and now I want to talk a little bit about the future. And I'm curious to know, I mean, you've accomplished so much and I really just want to like take a moment to give you your flowers, like true, like you're not even 27, like (laughs) crazy. You have done so much and it's amazing. And like I said, I mean, it's, it makes me even more like proud and happy to see that you did it without like having any institutional, like um I don't know like guardrails you know because even when you're I think a lot of times when you get in those spaces there's parameters of what they want for you and it's beautiful to me that you got to like build this path on your own and do specifically what you want to (laughs) do and it's just been so fruitful because of that you know like you chose the places that you wanted to be in and the people you wanted to work with and yeah and I just love that for you so I just wanted to like take a moment a beat to just say like shout out to you you. (laughs) and and it's been beautiful to watch and now like what what's next what's your like wildest dream if anything like (laughs) what, what what's the next thing well I will say 2023 is the year where I'm gonna be back working like I plan on making projects there is one specific project that I'm not yet ready to announce just yet but there is well I have already said that I'm going to make a photo book like that's a given yeah coming out this year hopefully (laughs) um because that's a really big important thing for me I love seeing my work physically and I really feel like a photo book would just be an amazing way to share that work with other people that I have some feelings around like keeping things on the digital space. Like I, as much as I appreciate having those platforms, there's obviously um, a lot of beauty with seeing your work printed out like that, like my show seeing that printed, I was like, it's a real, like I made this, like it was just a whole different thing. So I will say like project wise, there is something coming out this year and now that I've told you, I have to definitely do it. Um, so it's another reason why I'm telling everyone. Um, so yeah, big project this year. Um, I definitely am exploring like cinematography. That's a huge thing that I've been really interested in. Um, filmmaking, like I, I feel like that is a world that I've always been enamored with. Um, and believe it or not, it's not the same. People like to be like, oh, you're a photographer. You got a camera, you can do that. And I'm like, no. so I'm I've definitely been in the transition of learning how to take all the things I love about photography and integrating it into the filmmaking world so um also something I'm exploring um outside of that it's still early I'm trying to allow myself to ease into this year because Mm. it's already kind of chaotic yeah yeah right I feel the same way to be honest I'm like yo this Mercury retrograde needs to end who are you telling it's It's been been yeah (laughs) I'm glad we're getting out of that soon yeah Um, perfect timing for Aquarius season yes exactly why (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, that's, I think that's all I can say right now. So if folks want to follow me on my social media, to see yes. my, um, both my Instagram and my TikTok. Um, I don't really use Twitter like that, but it is my full name, Amaloa Kinsade. Um, I do have a website as well. If you want to see my work um, and all these various projects that I mentioned, uh, damaloaikinsade.com. Um, and yeah, that's going on. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. This has been amazing. I also want to say, so what about like super long-term? What about like 20 oh. years from now? Because in, in my mind, I'm like, you need to have like <laughs> your own school <laughs> like teaching. <laughs> That would be incredible, honestly. If I, I, I will admit, I'm not one of those people that think that far ahead, unfortunately. But in terms of just overall, yeah, I think a, one goal of mine is just be able to be a tool for other people to create things. Like, I think I do want to, yeah. um, at that point, hopefully maybe have an agency or production company, yes. something where I can bring people's ideas to life because I love hearing what people have in their mind and be like, is that possible? And I'm like, with me, you definitely can do it. Let's do it. Let's let's collaborate. Let's bring a team together. Um, so I'm, I'm, that's something I've always had and that might come earlier. You never know. So (laughs) that's that's a big thing that I've been visioning out, um, in my wildest dreams is just to, yeah, just be a tool for other people to see themselves. I think that's a big part of my ethos is like, I'm in service of other people um, being able to see themselves in mm. art. So, yeah, exactly. Yes. Oh my God. I, I so know that that's going to happen. Like there's no doubt in my mind <laughs> that you're going to continue to do that and continue to be a beacon in Durham. You know, like I really see a lot of um, the artists who are staying there and just showing up for each other is like this is this is so important and I think that what comes out of y'all being there and doing that work in community is just going to be so beneficial for so many people especially as like the city is changing so much like you're saying uh, so yeah I, I'm I'm so happy that you're staying there <laughs> I will say, I don't know where life's going to take me. Yeah, right. right. For I now. This is going to be here. But at the For same now, time, yeah, exactly. You know, I won't, I, I, you know, yeah. I'm always the, in the mindset of like, what is meant, like what I'm meant to do. Exactly. Yeah. For now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and hopefully for the foreseeable mm-hmm. future. Yeah. Oh, and one last final question before I let you go. So, of course, I want to talk about skincare. <laughs> Let's do it. Yes, because it's my favorite thing to talk about. Let's go. Um, what are some of your beauty tips? What are some of your favorite skincare brands? Um just what have you what's been like the the greatest thing that you've learned through all of your journey with skincare and makeup? Absolutely. Okay. Sunscreen has yes. been a lifesaver. Mm-hmm. My, my younger self, I want to shake her and be like, I'm sorry, I didn't let you know earlier. <laughs> like sunscreen is incredible. And there, 
luckily I know and I'm sure the reason why also I was kind of like eh, on sunscreen is because it wasn't accessible for darker skin back then like I mm, yeah gray. like mm-hmm. I would look gray whenever I wore sunscreen <laughs> back in the day but luckily there are brands like black girl sunscreen that I really mm-hmm. love um super goop as well um just to name a few so sunscreen absolutely it does not matter if you have dark skin wear your sunscreen yes I let every like I yell at everyone in my life I'm just like tell me about your skincare routine and they're like I don't wear sunscreen I'm like we're gonna change that <laughs> so that's definitely one tip another tip that I really enjoyed I love a good face like face mask mm. um, there's one from this black owned brand called gold they make great matcha also. I love their matcha, but they also oh, have yeah. this green mask that I wear all the time. It's so good. Um, and it's also like just luxurious. I think I've looked at skincare as a ritual for sure. Mm. Um, I'm sure in some cases it may not do anything, but sometimes I just want to take time for myself. So right. skincare forces me to be like, let's just stop and like literally physically like focus on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, another tip I've really loved, I've been into body care lately. Um, oh. cause I, I think for the longest time I would kind of not care. I was like, ah, just, uh, just soap. It's fine. But, mm-hmm. um, there are some great body care brands. Necessaire is a body care. Brand. Oh yeah. I've seen them. Mm-hmm. So good. Um, one, cause I love smelling good, but also it's, I have sensitive skin. So that's been a brand that I've really enjoyed. Um, and I, I can do one more. If you haven't used snail mucin before, I know it sounds weird, hmm. but snail like K beauty, like Korean beauty is like eons ahead of us at this point when it comes to skincare. And one ingredient that's been really commonly incorporated is snail mucin. And it's meant to be really good for hydration, um, so I use that in my routine because I have dry skin as well. Um, and apparently it's like a super, super, super gentle exfoliant. There's some mixed reviews on that, but outside of that, just for the hydration alone, I tell everyone to use snail mucin. Um, and it is like, um, the way that they do it, the brand that I get Coserex, it is, um, cruelty-free the way that they, oh, get okay. so I was like, wow. yeah, I've been using that for a minute too. Okay. I'll stop there. Cause mainly again, I could talk for hours about, <laughs> we have here. to have you on again. <laughs> yeah. I can talk too. If it's strictly on that alone, like I'm down because that has been a joy for me. The pandemic definitely surprisingly enough, allowed me to explore makeup and like skincare more. Cause I just had mm. so much time to try things out. So Same. that happened with me too, because like I, um, so I'm addicted to clothes <laughs> and like once the pandemic first started, I was like, I'm not going anywhere. So I can't be right. shopping like that anymore. Right. So then like my, um, I don't know, treating myself purchase began being skincare and makeup. And then it really, took off and I began like doing more research about different brands and spending more time like with my skincare like you're saying like taking that time for yourself to just focus on yourself physically yeah it's been great no looking back since then <laughs> right. I'm like I can't go back now I can only yeah it's, it's an expensive hobby I'm not gonna lie. it is exactly <laughs> that's why I had to give up shopping right I'm like I have the I chose the most expensive hobbies photography like these <laughs> cameras are expensive and then right. skincare 
all the bougie stuff. I love that. I live for that. I'm a bougie girl. I'm not going to even find. <laughs> so I'm over here. Like we got to fund ourselves somehow. We got to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the brands better be sending you free stuff. <laughs> Oh, that's all I know. Because look, it's a lot. Out here. Yeah, thank you for commenting on my skin. I'm having a good one today. Yeah. I I was just about to say for our <laughs> listeners, y'all better buy everything she just said because it's working. <laughs> Believe me. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. And then of course, good jeans. Shout out to your mom. Shout out to my parents. Uh, they really got me right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Damola, for taking the time. Like I said, this has been amazing. And yeah, I you are a great person to interview. I love when people know how to talk. Like, thank you. <laughs> I definitely want to have you on again, for sure. And I always tell our guests, um, you know, we really envision this as a like digital community space. So if there's ever any um, episode topics you would like to like have a a show on and like lead yourself and we can post it like totally welcome to actually um, next week I'm recording an episode with two of my friends who are doing an episode on colorism that Mm -hmm. they've been wanting to talk about for a minute and I'm really excited to be like having this space as a like vessel for people to just explore things so yeah I just put that out there if you ever have any ideas like totally welcome to and also to I'm really serious I kind of do want to have you on for part two about <laughs> skincare and makeup do it Thank yeah you. No, seriously when you reached out to me again I don't do interviews very often because again I feel like I ramble um and I'm just like what did I say like after <laughs> I was like oh what I just blacked out. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Um, but it's obviously great talking with you because we're already friends and like, yeah, great. Even though you didn't come with questions, you came with the questions. I was like, not her making me think like, dang, I gotta, let me make sure I got myself together. So I appreciate you having me on here because this is a great podcast the space that y'all have created um, is well needed. Like I said, I was listening to other episodes and I was like, this is so important. Like learn about all these different topics. So thank you. You are also doing amazing work. I know we have to catch up on our own. Yeah. (laughs) I know life has been lifing, but like obviously doing amazing work as well. So I want to give you you so much for creating this community, um, that I only know will grow, continue to grow and flourish during this year. So thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And I hope you have a good rest of your evening and weekend. Yay. And also like nothing but the best for Aquarius season. Like Woo-hoo! celebrate yourself like the it's whole time. Starting next week. Yeah. Like, like, and here's the thing. So yes, Aquarius season starts next week. And I know technically February is a short month, but I like start from like next week until the end of February. Hell yeah. People are always like, wasn't your birthday like two weeks ago? And I was like, and that's air sign energy I'm the same way in October I'm like I'm taking up the whole month I don't even care. like are you serious like let's be real like it's of course there's so much to celebrate why wouldn't you do exactly six weeks full of just amazingness I'm gonna treat myself every freaking day at that yeah you're turning 27 so you have to celebrate for 27 days straight yes I like that we're gonna have one day I'm gonna keep posting like day one of my 27 day celebration come with me (laughs) 
I love it. You deserve. I appreciate you. I hope you have a wonderful evening and enjoy your weekend. I'm sure we'll check. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Bye.